0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: Full Court Press with Fanta and Adams is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Full Court Press has the latest news and opinions from men's and women's college basketball. Our hosts are John Fanta, who calls games all around the country for Fox Sports and others, and Kim Adams, an analyst for Fox and ESPN, and a former D1 baller who never saw a three-point opportunity she didn't like. If you don't believe me, check her Twitter page. Take it away, guys.
0: Welcome to Full Court Press with Fanta and Adams on Tuesday, July 14, 2020. Today, I will be joined by Texas Tech head coach Chris Beard. What a job he's done with that program. One of the rising stars in the industry, taking Texas Tech to heights they had never been before, to the 2019 National Championship game, an epic game that went to overtime with Virginia. And the Red Raiders actually had a slower start to the 2019-20 campaign, but then they started to come on at the end of the year. And that's a credit to Beard. Despite the roster overhaul, what he's been able to do, he'll be entering his fifth season in the 2020-21 campaign, and for him it's extra special because he's a Texas guy, and he was with Bob and Pat Knight at Texas Tech as an assistant from 2001 to 11. but this is a guy who really epitomizes coaching and the reward of the journey. He was at community colleges. He coached in Division II. He was at Arkansas Little Rock, took them on a little NCAA tournament run. Chris Beard is everything that college basketball coaching stands for. And I will say it right here, right now. I don't think he'll be at Texas Tech forever because I think he could get an even bigger job. That's been reported on before. You could see Chris Beard at a blue-blood school down the road. That's the kind of coach that he is. And you think about the state the Big 12. There's an open door for Texas Tech, for Baylor. The Bears more so because of what we've seen them do, the level that they've gotten on, the level that they got on this year. But look, Texas Tech was the one in the national championship game. So you can't sit here and say that it can't be Texas Tech either. But now it's going to be on the Red Raiders to prove that they can sustain it. And Chris Beard got into that. Kansas had compiled 14 consecutive Big 12 regular season titles. Kansas has set the standard. They've been the Kings, untouchable in the Big 12. In 2019, we saw Texas Tech and Kansas State overseat them. And they took the Big 12 regular season championship. And we saw Kansas show a, a chink in that armor. Now, there's no doubting that the Jayhawks have the recruiting, have the resources to consistently be top five, if if they stay clean of the college basketball scandal, which, considering they have multiple level one infractions, is a troublesome thing for the Jayhawks program. We just saw Oklahoma State commit just one, and they get hit with a postseason ban. That is a huge question in this sport right now. Because you could talk about LSU, you could talk about Arizona, you could talk about the other schools that are at fault in the college basketball corruption scandal. At the end of the day, the school that people have their eyes on is Kansas. Will a mighty blue blood get hurt severely? Because if Kansas gets hurt, it's to Baylor's and Texas Tech's advantage. And I think the Big 12 has the potential to really have some depth at the top of programs that can then benefit we could see Kansas take a step back. This is a fascinating time to be the head coach of the Texas Tech Red Raiders. And we caught up with Chris Beard earlier this week. Very pleased to be joined by AP National Coach of the Year in 2019, a two-time Big 12 Coach of the Year, taking Texas Tech all the way to the 2019 National Championship game. It's Chris Beard, the head coach of the Red Raiders, joining us on Full Core Press. Chris, hope you are doing well, and thanks for taking the time here today. I wanted to start by just, as you enter your fifth season leading this Texas Tech program, I know that you have said that you attribute a lot of your success to what you learned from Bob and Pat Knight when you were on the bench from 2001 to 2011. What's it mean to you to now be leading this program to the heights that they've never been to?
1: Well, that means a lot. I mean personally, you know, I'm I'm from the state of Texas. I grew up in Texas and played basketball in Texas and um you know, so just being your home state that's a pretty cool thing. Then to make it extra special would just be my time at, at Texas Tech as an assistant. Um so I've always thought, you know, like I tell players and recruiting, fit is everything. There's a lot of great schools and great programs. Everybody does things a little different but it's it's the it's the ultimate goal for a player to kind of find the fit to the program that's perfect for them. And I, I think the same thing with coaches. I think a lot of guys know how to coach. A lot of guys know how to win. But I think, you know, where special happens is where the right coach is at the right school and there's a fit. And I feel that way about here. And um, certainly wouldn't trade my time with Coach and Pat for anything. It's like getting a Ph.D. in coaching every day when I was younger. and I hope that in some small way the success we're having makes those two guys proud.
0: How would you describe the fit that you're telling players about when you're recruiting them to Texas Tech?
1: Yeah, I do that a lot. I actually tell guys, uh, you know, I try to explain to guys that, um, you know, to me, when you're a recruit, especially one of the top players in the country, the kind of guys that we're recruiting, you know, they're in charge of the conversation. They're in charge of their recruiting process. Most of the guys that we recruit and ultimately are fortunate enough to sign could literally – you know, pick up the phone and call any school in the country where they want to go. Um, I try to explain to the players, you know, that I've been uh, fortunate enough to be be in that seat as well. Um, With some of the success we've had in coaching, we've had some chances to talk to different people about jobs, but I've always thought that for the most part, we were in control of the conversation, meaning, you know, there's things that we were looking for. Want to go somewhere where there's a an absolute commitment to academics where we can graduate every player and we've done that at Texas Tech 100% graduation rate guys with their eligibility and working hard on getting some of our NBA guys that left early back in school to get them graduated I know when I'm in that chair I want to be somewhere where basketball is fully supported our attendance at Texas Tech speaks for itself one of the best home courts in college basketball we're selling out games on a regular basis you can't get a season ticket ticket if you wanted to here because of waiting line. So um, I just encourage recruits to kind of be in the same situation where they're controlling the situation. And, you know, guys that want to get coached hard, guys that want to play in front of sold-out crowds, guys that want to compete for championships, you know, Texas Tech's a real option.
0: I remember watching a big Monday, I want to say two years ago now, and Bob shoes and Fran of the great ESPN crew, they come on the air – And they kick it to Holly Rowe, and she says this is the first time Lubbock's hosted Big Monday. And I'm thinking to myself, what a scene it is down there. And you just mentioned it a little bit, packing the house. Can you speak to that dynamic of you are at a football school where Big 12 football gets a lot of attention, but that you've been able to create that opening in basketball and see the consistency and support?
1: Yeah, absolutely. First of all, I, I love football. Those people that know me well understand that I'm, in a lot of ways, even a bigger college football fan than even basketball. I grew up playing football and just love it. Probably study football coaches more than even basketball. Uh, been really blessed here. Cliff Kingsbury, great friend, doing such great things in NFL now Then Matt Wells. is somebody I've really enjoyed getting to know and consider him a friend now as well. So, Um, I've always thought that's an asset. I, you know, back to kind of the thing we were talking about earlier was like the fit. And I, I think I'm a much, much better fit at a a school where football is embraced and appreciated. So, I love football, um, in terms of our crowds, it's, it's always been here, you know, long before me in the, in the old days of Texas tech basketball, you couldn't get a ticket. They would actually, uh, sell out the auditorium next to the old Coliseum where people would watch the game on the big screen. A lot of history here um, in Tech basketball. And certainly in my lifetime, Coach Myers and Coach James Dickey, successful runs here. Coach Dickey, Sweet 16 team with Darvin Hamm, and great players like Tony Batty and those guys. Um, so the the, the, tr- the tradition's always been here. Uh, we really thought it was our job to kind of ignite it, get it going again, and try to get it more consistent. So the thing I've been most proud of is is, yes, we have one of the best home courts on nights we play. Kentucky or Kansas, but you know, we're also consistently selling out games when we play other opponents as well. So I think it's really becoming more about our team than who we're playing and that's always been our goal. What position did you play in football? Well, I played uh defensive back, uh you know offense a lot of I don't even know what it's called these days. We called it flanker back in our days, but that, that slot receiver or something like that. But I also was a guy that loves special teams, you know I' Used to beg to be on the special teams because I, I like the the volatile situation of running down the field and <laughs> the kickoff. So I think in basketball that's translated quite a bit. We we actually talk to our guys about special teams, the transition from offense to defense, or the transition from defense to offense. We spend a lot of time in that part of basketball, which I think goes back to some of our football background.
0: What do you remember about? being a student manager when you were at Texas and what you learned from Tom Penders?
1: Oh, so many great things. I'm really proud to have been a part of that program. Coach Penders uh, is still very, very important to me today. Um, You know, I considered him my coach. He's been really gracious, uh, not only when I was in school as an undergrad, but certainly, you know, during my career. Most recently spent some time with our teams at Texas Tech. to, went to New York city with us a couple of years ago and we had the great game against Duke and to some uh, NCAA tournament type games with us. He's just special whenever he's around. He's kind of a part of our team. We've got some things internally that we contribute to coach Penders. Our players love him. It's always special when he's around. But I think, so I think back in my career, so many things, uh, coaches aggressive way of playing the game with, with defense, trapping and, um, offensively was really, I thought, ahead of his time, really the inventor in a lot of ways of today's modern jump stop that maybe Villanova executes more than anybody or as well as anybody. Coach Penner's was doing that back when I was in school. But above all, I think just the confidence. You know, I never went into a game with Coach P where I didn't think we were about to win. And uh, I just thought the way he instilled confidence in everybody in the program was second to none. And we tried to do a lot of those things here. Is
0: Hookem Horns banned from the Beard household?
1: Yeah, the guns are up. The guns are up. Uh, <laughs> res- respect the alma mater, but the guns are up. Period. Here.
0: <laughs> well, are you always? A, are you at the the rivalry showdown in football in person, or do you prefer to watch from home? Or, or any any story behind that?
1: Well, no. Again, I love college football, so I don't miss a game and love it. Yeah. Um, and then certainly when we're playing on the road, Coach Wells' team's on the road. We're gonna we're gonna schedule practice and recruiting around that. So I watch every game uh, 100%. And then you know when the games are here in Lubbock, it's a big big part of it. I, um, a lot of times assistant coaches will kind of give me a hard time because of course football games are big recruiting opportunities. With basketball, it's where the majority of your official visits are gonna be, but I still love to watch the game so much that I'm not really a fluff guy, you know, I don't wanna to be touring the facilities or looking at the T shirt stand when the when the ball's in the air, so I like to watch the game. Uh, also really not one of those sweet guys. I I respect my friends that have those sweets with the you know, private bars <laughs> and the catered food, but I'm much better off right there in the outdoor in the elements with the with the hot dog. I've always thought the hot dog is is, is really good at a football game. Baseball is always associated with the hot dog, but we got a really good hot dog here in it on game day. I got to tell you, that
0: is such a keen observation that I've never heard. And uh, frankly, it's welcomed here because I agree with you. I think sometimes a hot dog gets uh, almost, almost shaved from its whole potential.
1: Yeah. My big deal with a hot dog is, is tinfoil. You know, if you got the tinfoil and the hot dog, I'm ready. I'm locked and ready. I'm rolling. I'm, oh, I'm yeah. not even you know, but if, if I look up and your concession stand doesn't have the tinfoil, then I'm I'm not excited. I still might execute the hot dog, but I'm not excited. If I see the tinfoil, uh, you know, it's it's game on. <laughs> we know that Jeff Goodman would execute the hot dog. <laughs> Jeff Goodman would execute more than one hot dog. <laughs> <I'd be. laughs>
0: Uh, let's turn to life in the Big 12. When you think about the success you've had recently, how do you look at the short-term success of your program here at, at Incredible Heights and build it into the sustainable long-term contender for conference titles that we've seen from Kansas over the
1: years in this league? Well, to me, John, that's the whole deal. I mean, that's, uh, you know, that's that's the difference between the one-hit wonder or the guy that can still sell out the Coliseum years later, you know, uh, that's, that's the deal. Consistency has been everything. Um, that's what we strive for from day one. And we've been really, really proud of that. You know, uh, uh, the elite 18 led by Keenan Evans and Zach and those guys was special. Um, but to lose three or four starters in the next year, be playing on Monday night, that meant everything to us because it just proves that we're, starting to get into that neighborhood or hopefully we're in that neighborhood now where we're, we're consistent, where, you know, the Texas tech basketball brand is going to mean something, uh, regardless of who's on the coaching staff or who's on the roster that year. Consistency is everything. Uh, you know, last year's team, obviously with the COVID 19 everybody's season ended too quick, but we were really proud of the run we were on last year too, you know, going from big 12 championship to national championship game, uh, to literally being back in the fight. You know, we were an NCAA tournament team last year. Uh, we had another guy in the NBA draft, Jamias Ramsey. So, you know, three years of really consistent uh, program is what we've always strived for. But it doesn't get any easier. You know, like we, we feel that pressure. We feel that urgency to be relative again this year. Um, we like our roster. We like our chances. But, but that consistency absolutely is our number one objective. Chris, how much of the team is on campus right now? so we've got everybody here uh we've been fortunate um even when we were completely shut down with with dead period and even when our texas tech facilities were locked uh, which they should have been supported the decision made by administration there to be safe we just got a lot of guys where this is home and um certainly some of our international guys didn't have the chance to get home and some of the other guys just felt very safe and secure in Lubbock, which so it's pretty cool from a coaching standpoint. You know, I just thought that might have been the greatest example of our culture being real and strong. The fact that even during the ultimate adversity of times like this, you know, guys kind of want to be together. Um, things are slowly getting better. Uh, you know, that the NCAA allows our strength conditioning coach to work with our guys now, so that's been great. And then we're just really hopeful on this July 20 date that all coaches are looking forward to that we might be able to get on the court with our guys um, you know, we, we're respecting this thing. We're being extremely careful and executing a plan on a day-to-day basis. Our guys' health is the most important thing. Um, but certainly we all miss basketball, i tell you that. What are the questions
0: lingering in your head right now with the coronavirus situation in terms of the start of the upcoming season? And what do you think about, about the reports that there could be either a season moved up or a January 1 start?
1: You know, I'll tell you how I feel personally on that. I know everybody's a little different, but I really have not spent much time forecasting that kind of stuff. I just really encouraged everybody in our organization to stay committed to the process. We're a program that really doesn't spend a lot of time thinking about things we can't control. Uh, We don't talk about the officiating much here. We don't even talk about, you know, whether shots are going to go in or out because we really can't control those things. We We try to control, you know, our attitude, our work ethic, our defense, the things that we can control. So I've just reminded everybody, including myself, that, you know, I'm not going to make those decisions. I'm not a doctor, and I'm not um, the people making those decisions. So we're just trying to concentrate day-to-day on doing what we can. Of course, we're all thinking about it because you can't avoid it, but i just got a lot of trust in the people that make those decisions, whether it be the doctors or the healthcare, ultimately, I've been really impressed with the Big 12 too. I think, uh, you know, ulti- you know, football is obviously the first domino. But I've been, you know, I've been impressed with the athletic directors and the presidents and the commissioner of the Big 12 trying to, in my opinion, to be patient and to try to give ourselves every chance and not to make rash decisions. So um, ultimately, do I think we'll play basketball? I do, because uh, that's just kind of how I'm wired. I'm a positive guy, and I'm, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about stuff that's not positive.
0: Let's turn to your team and this roster here. You bring in the highest-rated recruit in program history with five-star prospect Namari Burnett. What makes him special?
1: You know, all these guys are special. I I love talking about all our players, but, uh, you know, with Namari specifically, there's no doubt that the the five-star talent is there. We're proud to have Namari as our our first McDonald's All-American. Uh, in program history, and uh, but, but that's something that everybody could see. I, I think everybody sees the, the athleticism and the skill, and I think what we were drawn to quickly in the recruiting process was that he's just a humble guy, too. I mean, he comes from a great family. He played for a great high school coach uh, at Prolific, and he's just uh, – you know, it's like he's got a five-star – Uh, talent but he's got you know kind of like an unrated chip on his shoulder he's still kind of trying to prove everybody wrong and I don't know he's just special he fits our culture perfectly and I think I'll never forget a really uh, valuable conversation that I had with coach Izzo uh, who's been great to us we played him in the tournament a couple years ago but he told me Chris you know kind of the next step is you guys sustain the success and hopefully build on it would be you know Stay true to who you are and stay true to what your program's about. And so we think we've hit a home run, not only with Namari, but with a lot of these guys is that we obviously recruit the best players in the country, but they're still Texas Tech guys. Uh, there's a humility. There's a no entitlement. There's just a love of the game, uh, a love of his teammates. In um, Namari's short time in Lubbock already, he's one of the most popular guys in our locker room. I think it's just because he's got a great demeanor to him. He's special.
0: We had Tom on our show last week, and uh, you'll be happy to know that I think he's enjoying a beer at his lake
1: house right now. Yeah, nothing wrong with that i <laughs> i haven't gotten the I haven't gotten the invite to Coach Izzo's lake house. I, I've got his cell phone number now, and he'll take my call. And he's been gracious, but I'm hoping <laughs> for that next level of friendship where I can get up there. You know, I I would even buy the beer uh, for Coach. So <laughs> maybe next time he's on, just tell him I said that. You might even grow a dog. Yeah, I would do about, I'd do about anything uh, to to have a beer with Coach Izzo. That'd be pretty cool. I, I would bring the, uh, I'd bring the tinfoil hot dog. <laughs> uh,
0: looking at elsewhere in your backcourt, you return one double digit score from last year and that's Kyler Edwards. What are you looking for from him as he heads into his junior season?
1: Oh, just consistency. Kyler's on his way, man. He's, gone from being a, a respected recruit to a guy that you know was on the floor on Monday night national championship game was one of the better freshmen in the country played a great role for us in March and learned a lot and, um then as a sophomore you know he got that next opportunity him and Moretti were, were solid and I think uh again our season was cut short like everybody's with the COVID but we had a lot of confidence internally that we were about to go on a run I, I liked where our team was heading into the Big 12, and I thought we had the makings of a Sweet 16-type team. And If that would have happened, then I think Kyler would have had, you know, a little bit uh, maybe more outside respect. He's got my respect internally. i tell you that. He's one of the best players I've ever coached. And I think as a junior, uh, Kyler and I share the same goals of just, you know, consistency. Um, it's not really about his numbers anymore. He's already proven he can play. I think it's about the team. You know, can he lead this team to to another championship? That that's the question. And uh, there's nobody I'd rather be going to war with. Than Kyler, no, I, I love Kyler Edwards. That's my guy.
0: Another player that I know you expected to make a major impact for you in the coming season is Joel and Tomway, the transfer. What is the latest you can tell us about his situation?
1: Yeah, I don't have a lot of update right now with Joel. It's a it's a it's a popular question right now. Um, obviously Joel's brother uh, is decision time and uh you know what I would tell you with Joel is I can't speak on a lot of stuff, but I would tell you he's he's a great big brother, uh, to his younger brother. It's been pretty cool to watch him, uh how he takes care of his family. So what we're wishing for here is really simple and I can be really clear. We just hope that his brother makes the best decision for him and we hope that things work out for Joel as well. Chris, we'll wrap
0: with this, and it's created some fascinating answers. You are quarantined with any three college basketball former or present coaches. You're quarantined with them for two weeks. Who are you quarantining with? Which three? God,
1: it's a good one. Basketball or any coaches?
0: You know what? We've had a couple of football submissions, and since I know you've got a, a couple of guys you look up to, go ahead.
1: You know, definitely I would like to uh, spend time with the late Al McGuire. I never knew Coach, but I spent a lot of time studying him. I think he had a spirit of life and kind of an outside-the-box guy. I always read as much of the stuff as I can to get my hands on him. So, you know, that would be special. Um, I sure would like to spend some more time with Sean Sutton's dad, Eddie Sutton, who we recently lost, but just a Hall of Fame coach and a Hall of Fame person. Um, I guess this question just kind of takes me to people that I don't have the opportunity to spend time with, um, you know, and I think, uh, you know, coach Knight, uh, you know, he's moved back to Bloomington. Um, and so I don't get to see him much anymore now that he's not in Lovick. but certainly would value some more time with coach. Um, that's, that's a great question. I, we're always looking to kind of inspire our guys and our coaching staff. I'm going to steal that one from you if you don't mind later today on a zoom coaches meeting i'm gonna ask the guys that that's a good one steal
0: away coach congratulations on what you've been able to do with texas tech and thanks for taking the time continue to be well your family your friends your program and thanks
1: hey thanks for all you do for college basketball talk to you guys soon
0: well another episode of full Core press with Fanton adams is in the books thanks again to chris beard for spending some time with us really great conversation with the head coach of texas tech basketball it's easy to see why they've had the success that they have had in these recent years. Thanks also to our producer, Mike Lieber, as well as Bruce Bernstein for all their help. Ben Wolf ends the show, and we always appreciate his contributions. You can check out our other Pure Hoops media shows from Catch and Shoot 2.0 with Aaron Berlin and Otto Strong. That drops each Wednesday. Each Thursday, Monica McNutt and her new co-host, King McClure, they drop by with buckets, boards, and blocks. Every Friday, it's the Pure Hoops podcast with B.J. Armstrong and Eric Newman. A Mike Wise show drops each Monday, and we'll be back every Tuesday with Full Court Press with Fanta and Adams. Please check out our shows, download them, rate and review them. Most of all, enjoy. See you next week on Full Court Press with Fanta and Adams.
1: Full Court Press with Fanta and Adams is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media.